What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life, and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. go. Go, go, go. You guys, before you listen, we have some exciting news. Starting next month, we are bringing back our Mindset Masterclass Level 1. I'm so excited for any of our new listeners or our returning OGs to be able to come to this masterclass. So it is one hour for three nights, a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we are going to give you all of the details on DBT and how to start implementing the basic foundational skills into your everyday life. Yes. The building blocks of what we teach our clients more in depth of what we've talked about on here. Like you don't want to miss it because this is pretty fundamental stuff. That's pretty life-changing, pretty life-changing. So if you are interested, please send me a DM at BEA underscore XO 11 on Instagram. And I will make sure that you get registered and give you all the information that you need to know before we start. We can't wait to see you guys there. Bye. Bye. I love him. He's the best. I got my, my protein. Good for you. Tastes like sadness. In a bottle. So literally, but like, I am struggling so hard to get protein. So here we are for a second. (laughs) The expiration dates of 2020. I was like, And And you're like, I would have an expired thing from a year and a half ago. And like in my house, protein does not last long. So I was like, 2022, this can survive a bomb. (laughs) Quite literally. Anyways, welcome back to episode 31 of Rewriting Her Story, the podcast, everybody. 31. Welcome. You know what I was thinking about before I came back on the Zoom? I was like, we're going to be wearing the same outfit for three videos. And I was like, I didn't even try and like put a different accessory on like this. Like I, I, that, you know, what shows up on my head as a cognitive error of people. I think that people won't think the topics are good because we were, we record multiple in a day. So then it might feel like we're not putting our, all our effort into them. And in reality, that's fucking garbage. Shut up. In reality, we do that because we're so busy and we batch episodes when we can yeah. to be able to create content, right? Like, here's the thing. If we're in the zone for three hours straight recording content, that's still fucking fantastic content. If we had to do this every day, I can't even tell you how exhausted I would probably be more so than I already am, right? Because by the end of the day, when we're done working, we're both kind of like, I'm done talking for the day now because mm-hmm. I've talked all day. And mm-hmm. we love doing the podcast, right? But if we had to do it at like the end of a work day, I feel like you guys would get much different fucking content and it oh, wouldn't be I great. Wouldn't, dude, I wouldn't be empathetic at all. No. <laughs> that episode of You're Not a Fucking Drew just would be cussing at people. You'd be like, Mari, you're literally cussing at the listeners. Like you're cussing at them. Not like, not like just in general, like yes. you are literally attempting you're to You're berating them, knock it yeah. off. <laughs> We are fucking whining. No, just kidding. Yeah. If I can do 11 sessions in a day, I can do three podcasts. Absolutely. So that's in my head. I'm like, get over it. Mario. This doesn't make any sense. 
So this one was requested by a listener. I don't know if she wants me to say her name, so I won't, but I'll ask her before we promote it. So then I can know if I should tag her or not. Put it in like the show notes or something. Yeah. She wanted us to talk about how do you cope with having your own mental illness or mental health issues, right? While also helping family who has mental health issues, whether that be a child, a partner, a parent, right? How do you navigate all of those things? I don't know if it's more so like on the day-to-day or just in life in general, which I feel like is a pretty heavy topic, right? Because there's so many different angles to this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I could speak to my own personal experience of dealing with my own mental health issues on top of helping a partner, right. Or helping my son through certain things. What Avenue do you want to take it though? Like, what do you feel called to talk about in terms of this? Like, do you feel comfortable talking about it from like a therapist perspective of how you helped like parents, their kids or to talk about boundaries is what I feel called to talk about. Like when, when you mentioned this topic, I immediately am like boundaries. Yep. Um, I think some boundaries are easier to set than others. So like when we're talking about mental health of a child and you're the parent, um, I think that might be the hardest, but I also think that boundaries with parents as we get older to be adults is also a difficult one. So I'm honestly open for whatever avenue. It's just like what comes up to me, like what is in my head is like boundaries. Mm -hmm. Same. So my family extended and nuclear, right? Like we all have our own shit. I've talked about before how my parents came from very, very traumatic upbringings. Mm -hmm. And that has definitely shaped who they are as parents and who they are in life today. Um, my brother has his own stuff. I have my own stuff. And so here's the thing, being a therapist in a family, whether it be extended or nuclear, being a therapist in a family can prove to be very trying at times because you are the go-to person for people to say, Hey, how do I handle this? What should I do in this situation? How do I deal with this? Or, Hey, talk to this person because they're really struggling. And I have had to say to family more times than not, that is not my place. I will not. There is a reason you don't do therapy with family. Not that they were necessarily asking me to have a fucking sit down session for an hour and a half, but what they were asking me to do, I did not feel comfortable addressing because they were asking me from a therapeutic perspective, not from a daughter or a sister or a cousin or whatever. Those are two very different things. Like, yeah, I can't turn the therapist in me off. Right. But if I'm supporting you as a sister versus (laughs) bless you, sorry, it's okay. You're allowed to I, like, I don't want you to have a fucking aneurysm or your eyeballs pop out. So oh my God. Uh, <laughs> don't say that. Bless you. Get it, get it, get it together. Hey, you know I get do it, it more than once. You know what happens more than once. Oh my God. Coronavirus. So those are boundaries, right? And when I was younger and I didn't feel comfortable having boundaries with family. I would be pulled in a million different directions to try to help people because I was supposed to, or because I should, that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. That's not healthy. It's not my fucking place to fix everybody or to solve everybody's problems. It's not. And here's the thing. As I've gotten older, I will know 
when I am mentally tapped out and I can't give anymore, right? In that case, if I am asked to do something or being pulled in a certain direction, I will say, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with that right now. I can't, Mm -hmm. that's my boundary and that's okay. Again, when it comes to your own child or maybe your partner, that might prove to be a little bit more difficult, but here's the thing. You weren't put here to solve everybody's fucking problems. You can support them. You can validate them and you can be there for them. You are not in charge of fixing everything. And I think that's something that people have to remember as a parent. I'll say mom, because I'm a mom, you, I often feel like it is my job to fix things for him or to make things better for him or to make sure X, Y, Z happens. Right. That's me wanting to control things. I fucking can't. I'm not meant to control everything. I can validate him. I can support him in his life experiences. I can walk him through things. The other day, yesterday, he said, I actually cried in school. And I said, what happened? And he said, they were going to play a game and he went up to go blow his nose. So he wasn't able to write down the team that he wanted to be on. And he got upset and he started to cry. And his teacher said, there's no reason to cry. And I was like, here's what we're not doing. We're not going to shame my kid for having an emotional experience. We're not going to dismiss that emotion. No. I said, bub, you had absolutely every reason to feel how you felt and you getting upset was okay. He goes, but I was able to take some deep breaths and I calmed down and it was better. And I got to play the game. So like, that's the way that I can support him in having those situations. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. It makes sense. I think at the baseline to just cut straight to the point, because I think that is the type of therapist in person that I am. You cannot fix things for other people. You cannot help them through their own journey. You cannot, you are not that person unless you are a therapist. And if you are a therapist and is your family going through it, you are not that person for them. Um, This is a hard lesson that you have to learn. This is where radical acceptance comes into play, which means that you have to understand that you don't have control in this situation. What somebody else is fighting, what other demons show up for them, um, you are not put in their life to fix them or to save them or to anything. That is a one-way ticket to um, frustration, um, upset feelings, shaming. Burnout of your whole life? Yeah. Not just like work burnout. All of the negative emotions you can think of, that's the one-way ticket to it. You are not meant to fix someone else. Um, There are ways that you can support people that don't look like fixing them, which can Mm -hmm. look like um, lending an empathetic ear. It can look like um, validating their existence and what they're going through. It can look like attempting to provide resources that maybe you've used that have helped you. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, they have to want to make a change and or get control over whatever issues they are facing. Mm -hmm. Um, Even as a therapist, our job isn't to fix people. That is not our job. Um, I am here to help people rework thoughts in their head and learn from different experiences that they've had and also process through trauma. In no way, shape or form am I fixing that person. I don't think that people are broken. I think that people have had experiences that have happened to them where they haven't been validated or understood or heard, um, which have led to um, broken negative ways of thinking. I don't think that people are broken. However, I don't think that it is my job to put someone's puzzle pieces back together for them 
my job is to help them recognize the pieces that are on the board sure. and how they can put them to back together. But that is as a therapist, as a friend, as a family member, as a mother, my job is to help balance maybe like walking that middle path of balancing between acceptance and change of where they are. Mm -hmm. I think that's easier said than done with kids because like as an adult, we have that forward thought process, that rational thinking of like, okay, um, this kid is making fun of you in third grade. Like we've all been through it. It's not fun. It's not great. But I also know that when you are a senior in high school, you're not going to fucking think about Timmy from third grade. Mm -hmm. So I think it's sometimes easier in those moments to like move through that with people. But I also think that there are moments where friends or family members have what seems like, like insurmountable um, issues that they're faced with, where it's like, how the fuck are you going to get out of this? Mm -hmm. That's not our job. It's not our job to figure out how somebody's going to get out of that. It's our job to just be there for them. And that only comes with understanding that you have the capacity to be there for them. Mm -hmm. You cannot help people when you are not filling yourself up. You can't, That's period. There is no negotiation on that. There is no, um, you like, you, I will argue this with anybody all day long. There is, you will not change my mind on this. I will set up a tent and a table at the farmer's market and ask people to argue this thought with me because there's just no possible way. If you are not taking care of yourself first and being, being able to recognize what you need and, and what you are lacking or missing before pouring into somebody else, you are ultimately giving away all of yourself and leaving yourself with scraps. And that's so broken and backwards. I was going to say, not only is it, not only does this topic have to do with boundaries, but it has to do with self-care. Because again, if you are not addressing the shit that you are dealing with, how are you supposed to help anybody else navigate anything in whatever way that means, right? That's mm -hmm. not possible because you don't have it in you because you have your own struggles right mm -hmm. and when it comes to your kids I know as parents we like to think that we can help every situation possible right even as a therapist I know there's going to be things that either I can't help him with or he doesn't want my help and that's okay but then there comes a time where then we talk about, okay, do you want to talk to somebody else about it? Because that's okay too. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to be the one to fix everything, but I'm damn sure going to do my best to help you in whatever way that I can. Right. Mm -hmm. Same goes for a partner or a spouse, right? Just because you are somebody's partner does not mean that you are meant again to fix everything for them or to make everything better for them. That's not your job. That's not your place. It's not even possible. And it, you don't have to take offense to, well, they don't want to talk to me about it. They're not opening up to me. That's a choice. That's a choice for them not to share things with you. Right. And then they ultimately have to, I don't want to say deal with the repercussions, but ultimately, but yes, but yes, you, they yeah. have to, that is a choice. There are, there are, there are causes and effects to situation. Mm -hmm. If you choose not to open up and discuss what is going on with you, then there are 
actions that come from that action. There's a reaction for every action. And so realistically, yes, they have to deal with those repercussions. And it, that's not meant to be with a sassy undertone. No. It's meant to be with a, just a very forward thought process. Yes. Like this is one of those, those topics that we have to have radical acceptance over. It ultimately boils down to self-worth and it boils down to boundaries and it boils down to challenging societal expectations. Mm -hmm. Well, it's my mom and you know, I'm supposed to be there for them. I'm supposed to blah, blah, blah. No, you're not. Nope. If another human is being disrespectful to you over and over again, and you've had a discussion of like, Hey, I don't fucking like that. And they mm -hmm. continue to do it. You are well within your control to say, I am, this does not serve me. Mm -hmm. I am not going to continue to interact with this person, this family, these things, because it doesn't serve me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think too about, I personally, and I know that you do too, have family that has addiction issues, like pretty significant addiction mm -hmm. issues. And for that reason, I know I will not work with addictions in therapy because I have a personal relationship with how addiction affects other people. And that is not to say that I don't think addiction is a, a really serious disease and disorder that needs yes. to be treated. It absolutely does. I just know that I'm not the person to do that because of things that have happened in my life and people that I've had to distance myself from and not have relationships any, anymore because of their issues. And that's a boundary that I have that I will continue to instill because that's what feels good to me. And if people want to feel some type of way about it in terms of like, well, you're turning your back on family. You never do that. That's a you issue, bro. That's not a me issue. Yeah. That's your perception. That's not, that is not what I said. That's not anything that came out of my mouth. That's your perception. And I don't need to operate in your perception. Your perception is your reality. I get that. And letting you know, as an adult who is telling you the truth, that's not how I think or feel. But I also know that it is up to me to protect my peace and protecting my peace looks like setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. There is a reason I don't go to a lot of family functions or a lot of things. I, I love both sides of my family sure. with my whole heart. If they ever needed anything, I would immediately be there for them. There are also things that I am not willing to entertain. And so that is a boundary Same. that I set for myself and I'm not going to go and entertain that. If you need something, I'll absolutely be there to the best of my ability. I love my family more, um, not more than anything, because I love me more than anything. And I don't sure. mean that. In a, I don't even need to preface that, whatever. I fucking love myself. So and I've worked very hard to fucking get here. So mm -hmm. there's that. I love them and I would be there for anything. Like I said, though, there I have there are boundaries that I have that one, I don't need to communicate with other people. That's another thing. If I set boundaries for myself, people are like, well, why, why would you do that? I, I don't need to express or explain that to you. I don't exactly. need to talk to you about why I'm setting my boundaries for me. I think that if it involves someone and there is a drastic reason as to why I'm setting that boundary, I think that I will give the opportunity to express myself like, you sure. know, once or twice. So um, I'm trying to have open communication or open lines of communication. But if somebody is not willing um, to be there to hear that or to accept that, then that's also not, that's a choice on their part. And I'm, I don't need to reiterate that. Well, an understanding going back to, if it's a partner, right. That you live yeah. with, that you're around all the time. Again, if they are choosing to not share with you what's going on or refusing to have in insight into their own behavior, what's, what's likely happening. You guys are probably fighting all the time. Right. The and time. then what is that doing for you? Nothing. But here's the thing, like Mari said, 
you can't want somebody to change. You can't want somebody to do better for themselves more than they want it. That is not how that fucking works. So you expending all this energy saying, I wish they would just talk to me. I wish they would open up. I wish they would for, for you what? can't wish that into existence. You are wishing for a situation that isn't happening. Therefore, keeping yourself stuck in some sort of future, perpetual future that isn't happening. It's not going to happen. You cannot wish for a situation that is not going to happen because you're expending all of that energy on wishing and hoping and, you know, whatever, when you could be putting all of that energy into yourself. Mm -hmm. Fucking believe somebody the first time that they show you who they are. Mm -hmm. Enough. And here's enough of wasting if, your fucking time. Right. And if they are not willing to make changes for whatever the reason in that moment, again, bring the focus back to, okay, but what's in my control in this situation? Me. That's Leaping. It. Take that time to focus on you and what's going to better you and make you feel good because that's ultimately what fucking matters. And that's what's going to get you to where you are today. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether that looks like leaving or staying or whatever the fuck focus on you because that's all you have control over. We don't, again, we don't have control over our kids either, right? Our kids are our own, their own human being. They're little people, right? They have their own minds, their own way of thinking, all the things we can help guide them in the right direction, but they're ultimately going to make their own choices. And that is what it is. You continuously fighting reality of those situations is perpetuating your own suffering mm -hmm. for what? And if you're choosing to say, okay, I'm done um, entertaining this, or I'm going to leave, or I'm going to set boundaries, or I'm going to do these things, but how it's hard, it's hard to, to, to not think about it, or to not go back to that person, or to not do these things, you, you there has to be a point where we set up coping skills, or a routine, or a habit that keeps us from having this free space in our mind to then reflect on the past, and because reflection on the past keeps us in depression about um, feeling sad about things that are out of our control or that can change or that have already come to pass. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So focus like on distracting yourself, get busy. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of things to do in this world. Mm -hmm. Plenty. Yep. I can think of six right now that are free. You can go for a hike. You can go sit outside. You can go, uh, if you live by a lake, like how we do, you can go watch the waves. You can go to your favorite coffee shop. You can call a friend. You can go for, you can go for a run. You can go biking. You can like read a book. You can mm -hmm. light some candles and do a face, um, like a self-care, like face, facial routine. Like there's so many fucking things that you can do. Mm -hmm. You can go walk around Target. I mean, that's not going to be free because my cart's going to end up full. But... Uh, leave your fucking purse in the car. I mean, shit. Like when, remember, remember when I first got divorced and remember when Sophia's custody had to, I would just go to Target. I wouldn't buy anything because I didn't have any fucking money, but I would just go walk around Target. I would waste my days until I had to work at Wells Brothers or do whatever I had to do. I would go just do what I needed to do mm -hmm. to, to expend time and energy. So I wouldn't sit there thinking or dwelling on the past. Mm -hmm. do what you need to do do what is going to serve you it's also very easy to have the dark lens when it's multiple people in your family mm -hmm. whether it be your nuclear or extended family who are struggling to then view yourself as struggling because you feel out of control and that can spiral very quickly mm -hmm. and so remembering okay but 
what is going well right now? What can I focus on that feels good, right? Bringing that focus back to the present moment because that's all you're in control of. Not the shit that happened 10 years ago or the fortune telling experience of what could happen 10 years from now. We don't fucking have any idea. None. Three gratitudes daily is such a huge game changer when it comes to changing the way that you're viewing the world Mm -hmm. of repeating those gratitudes. And I'm not talking about like, yeah, like I tell clients, get the big ones out of the way. So like house, family, friends, partner, car, job, whatever, get the big shit out of the way and then start using um, your gratitude practice as a way to reflect on the day before or the pre or the day ahead or possibly something you're looking forward to, to be able to reframe the way that you're thinking about things. Like I had a bartending shift last night. I didn't want to do it. I love working there. Everybody's really nice. It's really easy. I just didn't want to. I was tired. I was exhausted. So instead of framing it of like, oh my God, I have to do this. My reworked thought is that, um, that I'm going to make extra money from this and that I'm going to do something that I know I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Um, that I get to socialize with people who I haven't seen in a while. Like there's th- there's ways to reframe something, even if it seems like, oh, I don't want to do this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think it all comes down to how you're talking to yourself about it too. If you're constantly mm-hmm. shooting yes. all over yourself of, I should be there for this person. I should be able to do more. I should so, have been so- able to help. Exactly right. According to fucking who. Mm-hmm. Literally. And again, if then it's bringing up like, well, society says I should be there for my mom and my dad, or I should be there for my siblings. I should be there for blah, blah, blah. Recheck the societal expectations. When did you agree to that? Mm -hmm. When did you agree? When did you agree that you were going to have a consistent relationship with somebody who could possibly be the perpetuator um, of abuse Mm -hmm. from your childhood or is verbally abusive to you now still to this day? Who says that you have to stay in that relationship? Here's the thing. I'm not staying anywhere where I'm not fucking wanted or I'm not being treated with respect. I have spent too many years of my life being somewhere where I was being disrespected. I will not fucking go back to that. Mm-hmm. You are out of your fucking mind. And that, that whole attitude, this whole attitude has come from pouring into myself mm-hmm. and working on myself. So get those coping skills, get those hobbies down, get those moments where you really can reflect on yourself, journal, gratitudes, anything, anything, but dwelling on what other people are thinking or expecting of you or what you should be doing. Well, and understanding, even if it is journaling, understanding that there is likely so much weight that you are carrying that's not fucking yours to pick up really take a look at where these feelings are coming from what your thoughts are because if it's all based on other people leave that shit at the door that's not yours to carry and ultimately at the end of the day if we're talking about dealing with people who are going through their own mental struggles i would say Um, not confidently, but maybe eight times out of 10, if somebody has a mental diagnosis or disorder, you're also dealing with a chemical imbalance. Mm -hmm. So you're not a fucking doctor. Mm -hmm. How are you supposed to know how to fix that for somebody? Mm -hmm. And even if you were a doctor, but it's your family, it's not your place. No, know your place. Yes. So I think it comes down, not, I think I know it comes down to boundaries and self-care and self-awareness. If you are fucking burnt the fuck out every day of your life, you have to ask yourself, where am I putting my energy? Mm -hmm. And then re, I was going to say recalculate, but like redistribute it accordingly. Right. But first and foremost, you come first. 
because you can't care for other people if you're not caring for you. We will say that until we're blue in the face because that's the fucking truth. So having that self-awareness and insight to know, okay, I'm overextending myself or I agreed to something and now I'm like, this is just too much. I can't do it. Then you fucking say no. Mm-hmm. End of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and another one. <laughs> oh, guys. I hope that the takeaway from this is that you are only in control of you. You can only help you. So you can find us at Rewriting Her Story podcast on Insta. Steph is at SpookyFitMom13. I am at BEA underscore XO11. We are at Rewriting Her Story podcast on YouTube. And then you can email us any questions, concerns, comments you may have, and also any topics that you want covered. We would love suggestions. Um, rewriting her story podcast at gmail.com. Yes, all of this is in the show notes, along with the link to subscribe to the podcast for more content, because that is also an yes. option. Yes. We love you all, and we thank you yes. so, so very much for continuing to listen and support us. It means more, honestly. It really means more than we'll ever be able to fully communicate. I think one day we'll find a way. It just hasn't happened. I will. I will one day. Maybe fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please, please take care of yourself. We love you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.